Welcome to our Clothed with the Sun daily podcast, our reading and meditation on the scripture of the day. I am James Thomas. Today is Tuesday. It is September 5th, 2023, the Tuesday of the 22nd week in ordinary time. And our gospel today is from the gospel according to St. Luke. Jesus went down to Capernaum, a town of Galilee. He taught them on the Sabbath, and they were astonished at his teaching, because he spoke with authority. In the synagogue there was a man with the spirit of an unclean demon, and he cried out in a loud voice, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Jesus rebuked him and said, Be quiet, come out of him. Then the demon threw the man down in front of them and came out of him without doing him any harm. They were all amazed and said to one another, What is there about his word? For with authority and power he commands the unclean spirits, and they come out. And news of him spread everywhere in the surrounding region. So we are... Uh, we, we went pretty much through the, the basics of the Gospel of Matthew, and now we're going through the Gospel of Luke. We're in an early part of it here. <clears throat> Jesus has gone into the desert. He's been baptized by John the Baptist. Of course, all the uh, infancy narratives have completed. And now we're going to see Jesus beginning his public ministry, his miracles, exercising demons, curing the sick, and uh, just the basic things. So here... Jesus is teaching, and now there's going to be uh, unclean spirits everywhere that Jesus is going to start driving out. This is why Jesus came. And there's a mystery to some of this. Uh, why are the demons drawn to him? Um, I think they see in him a threat, so they go after him. But also, moths are drawn to the flame. Maybe, I don't know. There's I've heard, I heard a talk once given by an exorcist where he talks about levels of hell and demons want to get into people because it doesn't feel as bad to be possessing a person than to just be in hell and this is why the demons asked to go into the pigs uh, when Jesus at one point had exercised them so it, being in the presence of Jesus is even a greater light I mean they hate him but at the same time I don't know maybe there's something in the supernatural realm where even if you're in a state of damnation you when you're closer to the true presence of God, you get some relief from that. I don't know. But as long as they're hurting people, Jesus is, hey, he came to conquer the demons. He came to heal us. And so, yes, Jesus is going to be driving them out. One thing I wanted to focus on here today is Jesus silences the demons. I know the, the demons say to him, they call him Jesus which is interesting because in exorcisms they don't use his name. They love it when people use his name in vain, but typically they don't uh, They don't like to say his name, they don't like to hear other people say his name. So that's interesting that they're saying his name here. Maybe it's because they don't fully know who he is they, and they have their doubts. Um, well, the, the crucifixion hasn't happened yet. Um, and they're asking him, have you come to destroy us? Is that a statement of truth? You see, demons never speak in complete truth. They speak in partial truth so as to uh, tempt people and, and get people all confused. 
But the demons say to him, I know who you are, the Holy One of God. So there's truth to that. Jesus, on the one hand, isn't ready to reveal that to the world. He's revealing things in his own way, little by little. But also, Jesus is giving us a very basic, simple truth by what he does here. And that is, never talk to demons. Never, ever, ever. Never, and this is a great lesson for life because it applies to us being tempted. Heaven forbid we ever meet somebody that's possessed. We shouldn't be discussing things with the demon because the demon will, I mean, even just the fact that we open ourselves to that, um, the demons latch onto us. So we need to be delivered from them. So, I mean, but also it applies to the people in our lives that are more sinful, that are stuck in their sin, that want to draw us into their sin that want to manipulate us for their own good. And it's always just best to just avoid that craziness, to get away from that nonsense. So it's interesting too. I thought about this and prayed about this a little bit the past couple days. Jesus is the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Jesus is the creator. You know, he's the son of the father. He's the second person of the Trinity. So in terms of, um, what, what shall we say, age, in terms of, um, definitely in terms of superiority, Jesus is greater than these demons. But I mean, I'm just even thinking on the order of nature, demons are very old. It's one of the reasons you don't get in a conversation with them because you're not going to outsmart them. They're very intelligent creatures. They, they, they used to be angels. They've existed in all eternity. They were in heaven and they chose against God. So their minds are crazy in a way, but at the same time, they're far more brilliant than we could ever hope to be. And <clears throat> it just, Jesus in, like Jesus could have a conversation with them and outsmart them. One thing about Jesus though is he is, um, he's emptied himself of his divinity. So he lives as one of us. So when it comes to the conscious, active mind of Jesus that's present here, that's active here in this reading, he's 30 years old. You know what I mean? He's emptied himself of his divinity. He's living as one of us. He's been born and raised in this world. He's without sin, so he's far superior to any human being ever. Um, but in this, in this particular story, the mind of Jesus is young. The demon is old and wise, although evil and twisted wisdom. Um, and so what does Jesus do? What is the wisdom? Because whatever Jesus does, it's an example for all of us. Whatever he does is meant to, we're meant to follow him. Even in, you know, taking up our crosses, etc. We talked about that yesterday. But for Jesus to say, be quiet as opposed to saying, well, let's discuss this because I'm going to outsmart you and I'm better than you and I'm going to conquer you. No, it's just be quiet. And then there's something else at work here. And that is the Holy Spirit, God's grace working through Jesus. Jesus is not living and acting as God in any of these stories. He's living and acting as man, but it's man who has been filled with the Holy Spirit, just like you and I in our baptism. So Jesus, as man, but filled with the Holy Spirit, has power over the demons. We do too if we are in the state of grace, if we're not playing games with it, if we're not doing it as a curiosity, but simply saying prayers of deliverance, 
Lord, deliver us from these demons. Or I was told you could address the demon as long as you say in the name of Jesus. You know, I command you to whatever, you know, I was told a good prayer to say is if there are, if there is demonic activity that we're aware of to say in the name of Jesus, I command all demons present to go to the cross and I bind them in Jesus's name. I command them to go to the cross, but I still will always add prayers directed at God, like Lord Jesus in your name, by your blood, please deliver us from these demons. Please deliver us from this evil. So the point is grace is at work if we're doing what Jesus did here. And that is quickly to say, be gone quickly to say, be silent in the name of Jesus, be gone. And so this is what Jesus does. Be quiet. I don't know. It's just an amazing thing to me because Jesus is, is young here. He's very, very young. The demons are very old. Sometimes we think we can outsmart evil. Guess what? We can't, but we have grace. We have the power of our Lord to bind them, to deliver them. They're still going to exist. We can't kill them. They're fallen angels. They've existed since the beginning and they're going to exist forever and ever and ever. I mean, we're all meant to be immortal. Um, hopefully we're immortal in heaven with the Lord and not in hell with the demons. But it drives home the point that even the smallest child, and I've heard exorcists say this, even a small child with the smallest amount of faith is fearful to hell. Jesus says, your faith has saved you. So faith is what we're, uh, we're all about here. And Jesus has faith par excellence. He's showing us what to do with that faith. And that is, you know, we're part of his team now. We're part of the church. And remember, the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. That's a defensive posture on the part of hell. The gates won't be able to keep us out when we're conquering the demons. But we have to be so careful in this ministry of conquering evil. We don't just, uh, you know, it's like a doctor, you know, ministering to contagious sick people. The doctor doesn't, you know do stupid things, imprudent things where he gets himself sick, but rather he ministers to them. He, 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 he does what he has to do as doctor to, to heal the patient without getting all caught up in the disease. It's the same thing with us. When we evangelize, we minister to the people around us. We're not supposed to get all caught up in their evil, but rather, you know, do our thing, evangelize, show kindness and charity, Sometimes even, you know, it requires time, it requires patience, but it doesn't mean that we get all caught up in the, uh, the evil that they're doing, but there still always has to be a line there, a boundary. Um, I'm thinking about a story and it's a real life story. There's many stories like this of a family that asked me to go to their house one time. And I can think of actually a few stories that are just like this one. Uh, in this particular story, there was a, uh, well, this young family, they believed their house was haunted and, um, they asked me to come over, but they told me the story and the story was, um, there's a little boy living there and the little boy used to see an old man and he would say he was like a year old and he would say, mommy, daddy, old man, there's an old man. And they say, what does he look like? And he would describe the old man walking around the house. So they, um, they did some research to find out who used to live there 
And guess what? It was an old man, and he fit the exact description of what the little boy said. Even his clothing was the same clothing that this old man used to wear. So they called me, and I said, well, you know, based on what I heard from an exorcist one time, you know, this old man seems harmless, so it's probably not a demon. It's probably a soul in purgatory that needs prayer. And I said, and I think I, um, you know, had masses offered for the old man. I recommend that they do that. Um, but then they thought they would do something because they, they really were not that well evangelized. And so in addition to having prayers said and the house blessed, they, uh, called a medium. And actually, it was one of these mediums, media, mediums, that's uh, connected with the media. And I think they were trying to get on television. And in this medium coming into the house and trying to communicate with the old man, it opened up a portal. And now this little boy wasn't seeing the old man anymore. We were praying for the old man's soul, so we wouldn't be seeing that old man anymore. But because they were communicating with the supernatural in this house... Uh, the little boy started to see monsters. And it's the same innocent, simple little boy who hardly knew what any of this stuff was all about, but he would say, Mommy, Daddy, monsters. And then they started having things manifest in their house. Uh, things written on the walls, claw marks, and noises where there was nothing and no one there, and just all kinds of very disturbing things. Um, and it kept increasing. And so they called me again and I went in, we prayed together in the house and we did more, you know, blessings and sprinkling with holy water. And then I asked them, are, are you guys married? And, oh, that was doubtful. And they didn't really want to get into that with me. And so, okay, now we have a problem. Now there's sin in the house. Now there's, uh, they're, they're messing around with mediums. And, um, anyway, uh, after we had spent some time in prayer in the house, uh, all the activity died down and that was great. And I think I gave them some holy water. I said, keep sprinkling this around the house. And I'm talking about real blessed holy water. I'm not talking about like the, uh, you know, just a simple priest blessing, but I'm talking about, you know, the old rite where you put the salt in, you mix it <clears throat> and there's the whole, you know, rite of, of blessing and exorcism of salt and water. Anyway, after all this was done, um, some time went by, things were fine, things were quiet, and then the uh, those TV people called back and said, we'd like to do a show on your home, can we come in? And they said, okay, and they invited them in, and then all the stuff started up all over again. And I really haven't heard from them since. Um, I th Yeah, anyway, I don't know, I think I might have talked to them once since then. But the point is, you don't talk to the demons. <laughs> That's the point I've been trying to make this whole time. Don't talk to the demons, but rather we pray. It's so important. And if we've dabbled in anything, if we've connected with the evil one in any way, go to confession, confess it, get rid of it. Whatever might have stuck to you, get rid of it. One confession is worth, I don't know, some a thousand exorcisms, something like that. I heard that one time. So we confess it and we pray. We surround ourselves with holy things, such as wearing scapulars and blessed metals keeping blessed things in our house. Um, but also we pray on a regular basis and we pray prayers of deliverance. Lord Jesus, deliver me from the evil one. We say the St. Michael prayer. We say the rosary. 
The word of God is something that drives out the devil. The sacraments drive out the devil. A sacramental life, receiving confession and communion as often as possible. These are the things that protect us. And this is what Jesus shows us, just his very presence. Yeah, there's this, the evil one is attracted or whatever, because guess what? The evil one's always going to attack when there's good things happening. But um, divine grace gives, it gave Jesus and it gives us the power to drive out the evil one, as long as we're always humble and we realize it's God's power and not our own. So I pray for all of you that you will always be delivered from the evil one, that the blood of Christ will cover you and me, and that divine grace, the true presence of the Holy Spirit, will always fill us, and that we will always be close to Our Lady and St. Joseph, and always wrapped up in the mantle of our Blessed Mother. Hope everybody has a great day. God bless you.